Taxi, taxi. I'm Alan Weiss. This is the uncomfortable truth. The title's taxi. We all used to shout for taxis, especially in the rain. I love out-of-towners in New York who don't understand that if the taxi's light is off, they can't take a fare. They have somebody or they're in a radio call. They still try to hail a taxi with other people in it. But here's my point now. I was in Manhattan making a speech just the other day, and I stayed at a hotel about 10 minutes away from the speaking venue. I was going to go outside and call an Uber, but there was a cab sitting there. I said to the doorman, I'll take this cab. And we went over, and it was a clean cab, modern cab, good-looking cab. Driver spoke English. He um, didn't smell. Cab wasn't filled with litter. Driver knew where he was going because he had GPS on his dashboard. And he helped put my bags in the cab and take them out at the speaking venue. And when I was done speaking and I had to go to the um, to Penn Station to catch my train home, there was another cab happened to be sitting outside of there. Exact same thing. English-speaking driver, not eating food, not on the phone, knew how to get to Penn Station, helped me with my bags. I tipped them both 30%. The taxi industry has realized, like the Luddites of old, that you can't fight progress, you have to join it. Standing in the street, protesting Uber, does nothing except lose a payday for you. Welcome to capitalism. And by the way, the value of taxi medallions in New York, which used to cost a million bucks a piece or more, has plummeted. In a capitalist system, the government does not step in and try to preserve a decrepit, filthy, rude taxi industry. If it's like that and it'll get beaten by the competition, they let it die. And it does die or it modernizes. Now, taxis are cheaper than Uber and you can use an app to get one. Wonder of wonders. That's how you perpetuate an industry. You adapt to the times. Machiavelli said once, I have often reflected on the causes of successes or failures of men is due to their ability to adapt to the times. So you can stand in the street and yell in protest and ask the politicians to save you, but there still ain't socialism yet. And as long as it's capitalism, organizations, industries, professions that aren't smart are going to die. Sears was the great innovator. It used railroads. The railroads, the intercontinental railroads, were completed right after the Civil War. We're talking in the late 1860s. And Sears put catalogs on these trains and sent them west to homesteaders to people moving west. And instead of going to the general store to buy what little there was, they ordered from the catalogs and sent their order back on the next train and Sears shipped out what they needed. In fact, in the west today, there are still a few prefabricated homes left that people were buying from Sears in the early parts of the 20th century. So why didn't Sears morph into Amazon? Because it lost its innovative spirit and it was run by conservative profiteers. It was run by a bunch of guys who didn't know any better. They thought they'd sit back and make money, and instead they sat back and lost money. Penn Central got out of the railroad business, which was losing money hand over fist, hemorrhaging money. And they got into the real estate business because the railroads owned by government dictate right of way on either side of the tracks. This was to keep the tracks safe. Well, that was from 100 years ago, but the ownership still remained. You didn't need all that land to keep the tracks safe anymore. There aren't cows going to wander into it in Manhattan. So Penn Central sold the damn railroad and went into the real estate business and became hugely profitable. Pan Am, some years ago, 
had this very tall building in Midtown Manhattan called, eponymously, the Pan Am Building. I used to have breakfast all the way on the top sometimes and meet a client. Pan Am ran into big trouble as an airline, run horribly, and the first of the intercontinental airlines at that run horribly. And so they sold the building to fund the airline, and the airline went under. What they should have done was sell the airline and kept the building. Taxi. Edison has a new biography out about him. Thomas Alva Edison. He invented constantly. You know, he hardly slept. He hardly ate. He was unkempt and rather filthy. He didn't believe in baths, sort of like Steve Jobs. And he believed that tight clothing cut off your blood circulation. He wasn't right about everything. He had a lot of failures. But man, he had mammoth successes. He kept innovating. He kept improving. He didn't fight progress. He made progress. He wasn't trying for more efficient gas lamps any more than Henry Ford was trying for faster horses or or Marconi better megaphones. They knew what improvement and innovation was like. Why did we tolerate the filthy, smelly, rude taxis and rude taxi drivers? Because there was no alternative. But once far superior alternatives arrived, most people were willing to pay more for the privilege. If you're not the only show in town, then you'd better have a better show. The first Nickelodeon was a novelty, showing these quote-unquote moving pictures, but once they cropped out in every corner for a nickel, they had to have still better and better entertainment to lure the customers in from the competition. Once I used Uber, I was hooked. The luxury became a necessity. And the stain of poor service, you know, isn't easy to remove. I never thought I'd take a taxi again. And then I was pleasantly surprised when the option happened to be convenient. But if those taxis hadn't been sitting there, I probably would have taken an Uber and considered the first taxi an accident of cleanliness. See, what if they weren't so convenient? You lose customers and clients by their impression of their last impression. You have to be good every time. The benefit of the doubt quickly wears thin. Government agencies and socialist systems bail out organizations, and those organizations know they'll be bailed out by the government because they have no incentive to improve because they get more money anyway. So government agencies are saved, and in socialism, private sector businesses are saved because the government runs them or owns them and won't let them fail. And that simply perpetuates mediocrity. In capitalism, my friends, the smartest survive. And we move forward through survival of the smartest, not survival of the most protesting, not survival of the most stubborn, not survival of the greatest whiners and victims. Maybe that's not Darwinism, but you can call it Allenism. And that is the uncomfortable truth.